Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. I am so glad to be back with you. This summer has been a weird one, and I have been doing a lot of encore presentations of shows that I love, interviews that have been great, but it's awesome to be back live with you all, and I have got a guest today that I'm very excited about. He's going to join us in just a little bit, but I want to give you guys kind of a uh, some backstory here to why I even invited him to come on the show. So a few weeks ago, I was watching TV. I know, weird right? In COVID, watching TV. But I was, and I saw an ad. It was a commercial. And honestly, it stopped me dead in my tracks. I had to rewind it, film it on my phone so I could share it with my summer interns. My husband thought I was crazy. But this commercial was completely in line with something that my summer interns had been working on. We'd been working on a a water conservation project all summer. We were trying to convince residents and businesses in a Northern California town to use less water, even though the state of California is not officially in a drought. This particular community is actually running low on water and the residents don't even know about it to a large extent. So this ad that I saw on TV was for Finnish dishwashing tablets. And many of you may know of this brand, but the commercial started with this ominous music like you might hear in a documentary that's about to tell you bad news. And then it shows this quote from Benjamin Franklin. And it says, when the well Uh, When the well is dry, we know the value of water. And then it showed a big blue map of the United States with these huge orange areas. And the commercial said, America could soon be facing a water crisis. And every time we pre-rinse our dishes, we waste up to 20 gallons. Let's make a difference. Skip the rinse. And then the ad goes on to explain how Finnish dishwashing tablets eliminate the need for pre-rinsing and They enable consumers to actually have clean dishes and conserve water. And I was blown away by this commercial for a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm not so sure that the U.S. residents living in the areas that were shown in orange are aware that they're living in an area that could soon be facing a water crisis. So this commercial could end up being the first time they're made aware of it. Um, And then... Secondly, I'm accustomed to seeing commercials that lead with a basically, you know, public service announcement, you know, and and then show how their product could solve the problem. And so, you know, I'm not used to that. I'm used to commercials designed to make me feel hungry, maybe even unfashionable or uncool for not using a product. But this commercial was so different. It started with a message that was ominous, then switched to a normal happy family with a dad doing the dishes, by the way, love that. Um, And the family's just living their happy life, but feeling good about using a product that helped them make a difference in their community's water supply. So for my listeners who've been with me for a while, you can probably predict exactly what I did. I reached out to the senior vice president of sustainability for the company that makes Finnish. (laughs) I wanted to find out more about what was behind this commercial. And I was so impressed with the sustainability work for the parent company of Finnish, which is our And so I am delighted to bring to you all the Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs and Sustainability for 
RB today. Um, Miguel is going to be joining us in just a moment. And I, I just want to say a couple of things about the company. RB is based in Europe. They've been around for 200 years. And there's a good chance that you have some of their brands in your house already. But here are some of the brands that they produce. Lysol, big one during COVID. We've all been looking for Lysol. Mucinix, Woolite, Finish, Calgon, Clearasil, Airwick, Infamil, Gaviscon, just to name a few. Now, you are about to meet the person tasked with aligning each of these brands to the UN sustainability, uh, Sustainable Development Goals. And I am so excited to introduce Miguel Vega Pistana. Miguel joined RB as the Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs and Sustainability in 2017. And he is responsible for all aspects of strategic communications, brand, and reputation management. Um, He was actually appointed as the Chief Sustainability Officer in 2018. And prior to that, Miguel was the Chief Communications Officer at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, based in Seattle. And he has also held several regional and global communication roles at Unilever, another big consumer products brand. So welcome to Go Green Radio, Miguel. I am so thankful that you could join us today. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me to join you, Jill. Well, and and to all my listeners, I want to just let you know, Miguel is such a great sport. He's giving up his Friday night to be with us. He's in uh, Geneva right now, and so it is happy hour there now on Friday night, (laughs) and so we are so grateful to have you. So, you know, I mentioned this commercial that brought me to you that I saw, and using the environment and sustainability in advertising has gone through a lot of phases in the last 15 years, and there was even a point when consumer brands were afraid to advertise that they were green or sustainable because they were afraid that it could open them up to criticism from environmental groups. So, Miguel, I'd love for you to talk to us about why RB and the Finnish brand in particular is so bold and so confident in advertising that the product is a solution to an environmental crisis like water scarcity. Well, um, thank you um, for the opportunity to to talk to you. It, it is indeed um, happy hour here in Geneva. I'm actually technically um, enjoying a holiday uh, on top of <laughs> uh, this being a Friday evening. Um, look, I think the important thing to understand, it starts really with understanding what the purpose of the brand actually is, what it is the brand or the product brand brings um, in terms of the societal benefits and impacts that it can play. Um, And when you look at a brand like Finnish, so much of the impact that we have obviously is in in, in enabling consumers to clean their dishes and to, you know, provide them with kind of innovative ways of helping them to ensure that they can uh, use less water and less energy uh, when they do that. And one of the critical areas for us was to recognize that there's still a lack of understanding and a lack of awareness out there about the growing water scarcity issue. Um, So if you're you're trying to um, develop a a brand purpose strategy, which is all built around this understanding that you can make a tremendous impact by just changing some aspects of behavior, um, like, um, you know, using uh, a dishwasher and pushing the eco button and, and washing your your dishes in a dishwasher rather than hand rinsing them, um, the first thing you have to do is make people understand why that's important in the first place, why it is that someone should be wanting to do that. Um, and that's why, if you like, we started 
we're trying to get a conversation going about the importance of water and where water sits in this bigger picture that we're, you know, the bigger picture that you talked about in your introductory uh, comments about the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Because if you like, um, you know, the UN Sustainable Development Goals are like a kind of giant to-do list for the world. Um, they, there are the things that we all have to take action together to do something about if we're going to allow um, our planet, you know, to, uh, to continue to sustain itself and to sustain all of us who live on this, on this planet. So it's, it's kind of core to the business uh, brand strategy, but it's also um, core to how we see ourselves playing a role in, in wider society as well. Absolutely. Now, you're very purposeful. I mean, when I visit rb.com slash sustainability, there's a lot there. And your company is very purposeful about some of the strategies that you're undertaking to reduce the environmental impact of your products and your operations. And your, your website does a beautiful job of outlining these areas. And I'd love for you to just spend a few moments talking to us about some of the strategies that you're working on. And one of those is climate change and energy. And it may not be readily apparent to our listeners, but I know you're going to make it apparent how a company that makes the kind of products that you do can have an impact on climate change and energy. Well, it's, I mean, first and foremost, uh, thank you for the compliment. Um, yeah, we would love more people to come and visit our website, so I, I hope more people will do that. I think the, the, the important thing to understand is that, you know, core to who we are, we talk a lot about the purpose of of us as a company, uh, and we speak to this um, relentless pursuit of a cleaner, healthier world as being why we exist as a business. And we've also established for ourselves what we call our corporate fight, and this is all about access. It's about enabling uh, people to have access to you know, good nutrition, high-quality nutrition, high-quality hygiene, and, and improve wellness, wellness. And that, we think, is increasingly a right and not a privilege, right? This mm-hmm. is kind of core to everything that we do as a business. And we've also created what we call our compass. And this is something that kind of guides the way that we approach it and also defines what we want to be accountable for in, in, uh, and, and all stakeholders, in a sense, can hold us accountable to. And within that, we've obviously understood that it's not only about how we, therefore, um, you know, uh, generate value through the brands that we sell and the products that we sell. But it's also about our wider role in society and, and where we play uh, a role in the world. And to do that, we then have identified a number of areas where um, it's important for us as a business uh, to integrate that and embed that into our core business operations. And that, of course, you can't, you know, one element of that, of course, is climate change. I mean, it it is going to and it already is having a significant impact and will continue to do so if we don't accelerate the actions that we need to take, all of us need to take to address the the, the global challenges of climate change. So as a business, um, we've been looking at this for a number of years. We've set ourselves targets within our own sphere of operations um, to reduce our CO2 impacts. But I think where this um, issue is now um, gone to the next level, if you like, is increasingly companies are looking at their total um, value chain. Um, so they're looking 
at how individual brands have uh, impacts on carbon right upstream, right up to the raw materials and the carbon impacts of those raw materials, the production itself, the way that the products are then distributed and used, and ultimately at the end of their life. And when you start to look at that, you, you have to inevitably look to partner with others to find ways to reduce those carbon impacts in that value chain. It, it, you just can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And the other piece of this jigsaw is that when you, you, know, when you look at the, uh, the, the sort of the value chain lens of your own uh, company, um, there are tremendous opportunities here. It, this is a driver of innovation. And in many ways, it's also a, an opportunity to, in some cases, improve your operating efficiency, some of the costs of doing business as well. And, and so we see this as, uh, as both um, kind of our responsibility, but we also acknowledge that if we do this right, this is going to drive the innovation funnel. It's going to get us closer to our customers and our partners, as well as making us, um, you know, making this something which our employees um, will feel proud uh, about and want, in a sense, to uh, you know, for us to instill a sense of pride. Uh, in being a part of RB. So there are loads of reasons why you look at this um, in the round. And climate change for us is one pillar of a number of different pillars that we look at. Um, But we've recently made an announcement, a climate pledge, as we call it, which is that we want to work towards being net carbon zero by 2040, and we want to move our business progressively uh, to achieve that end. And we're partnering with others, uh, like we've recently announced that we'll be supporting and collaborating with, for example, Amazon, which is one of our, mm-hmm. our, our major um, uh, retail uh, partners, So, that, because we need to find common solutions um, to how we're going to address that, that challenge. And certainly you can find a lot more um, on our, as I said, on our website, um, uh, and you'll see more um, as more of our brands start to talk about these issues directly with, uh, with consumers. And we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but I just have to say, Miguel, you know, what's exciting to me about having this conversation is people are looking for companies that get it, companies that respond to 21st century needs, and you're doing that. We're going to talk more about that in just a few moments, but we've got to take a quick commercial break. Don't go away. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. 
Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in today. And if you've just joined us, let me catch you up. Our guest today is the Senior Vice President for Corporate Affairs and Sustainability for a company that's been around for 200 years. The company name is RB, but you may know some of their brands like Lysol, Woolite, Clearasil, um, and so many others, Mucinex. Uh, you know, one of the things I stocked up on first when I heard about the symptoms of COVID was Mucinex. But we're talking about a consumer brand company that is really focusing hard and thinking hard and strategically about how to make their company, their brands, and the impact of their brands sustainable. And so that's why I'm so pleased to have Miguel Vega Pestana on with us to talk about that. You know, if you go to RB's sustainability website, that's www.rb.com slash sustainability. If you add another slash environment, that's where you'll see some of the strategies that RB is undertaking to reduce the environmental impact of their products. And one of the ones that really caught my eye, Miguel, because we have a problem with this in the United States. We, we have a problem with um, companies, you know, doing things on the front end to be sustainable, but really not thinking about what happens at the end of the life of their products. And you guys have a strategy to reduce waste from your, from your operations. And I'd love for you to talk just a little bit more about that. Yes, of course. Happy to do so. Um, I think, look, it's, you know, as I, I was trying to say uh, in, the, in the previous section before the break, um, when you look at any, uh, anything you do um, as a company or, um, and you look at it through the lens of an individual brand, the most important thing we're trying to do is to reduce the impacts that the, that, 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 that brand has on the environment. And, 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 and if possible, quite the opposite, what we're looking to do is to create the opportunities to have a net positive impact, to make a net positive contribution. And when you do that, of course, one of the things you're always um, considering is um, is waste. And, and waste, both in terms of what it is that you generate within your own production facilities and how you manage to reduce that. And we have a zero landfill uh, ambition, as do many other companies. Um, but beyond that, it's increasingly also uh, apparent that we have to take real action, a meaningful step to reduce 
the amount of waste that finds its way into uh, into post-consumer waste and in, in particularly into landfill. And things that we need to do there are to create the right incentives um, and the right and offer people the innovations that they need. Uh, and that's kind of our obligation. Our obligation is to look at the the product design, the innovation pipeline, the the, the materials that we're using to reduce the, their overall impact. And then, of course, it's to work with individual consumers to incentivize them and uh, to do the to take that step to actually reuse or recycle uh, and avoid um, things being uh, being wasted and this is part therefore of a again a, 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 an approach that you can't do in isolation. You know, this is where working with your retail uh, partners is really important. Um, working with local governments and governments is really important. Um, working with your um, competitors, um, you know, um, because everybody, in a sense, has um, has an obligation to do this. Um, so it's it's kind of resulting in in new models, new kinds of partnership and collaboration um, that you need to to kind of implement this to make this work. It, it's really about uh, building out these these new relationships and these new new partnerships but uh, uh, the kind of the last piece of this i guess is that there's a lot we still need to do to educate and to incentivize that behavior change as i said at the outset and and that's where engaging directly with consumers educating consumers is going to be key Absolutely. And and boy, did I feel that when I saw that initial commercial that brought me to you, you know, with, with the Finnish dishwashing tablets, um, you know, that it really made me pause, even though I'm very aware of water issues, both locally and globally, um, just the framing of that commercial was so powerful. I couldn't get over it. Um, it's still on my phone. I watch it often. And I think it's just amazing. Um, you don't often see that out of consumer brands. <laughs> and I just love that, that you that you did that. Um, you know, of all the things I respect about what you're trying to do with the environmental impact of your products and your operations, one of the things we know is that without a great business strategy behind all of that, it's kind of like, you know, um, you know, spinning the wheel and figuring out what you'll do next, but you have a strong backbone and, and a business strategy behind this. And on the website, when you go to rb.com slash sustainability and you click on sustainable business, you see that you have strategies around sustainable innovation, product safety and stewardship, plastics and packaging, mm-hmm. business ethics. Talk to us more about this strategy that you've put in place. Well, look, as, as we've said, I mean, the most important thing um, when you're talking about a brand is, is, is uh, or indeed a company, um, is that people trust you and trust the brand that they buy and they love and use every day. Um, one of the things that, that we're then looking at uh, is, as I, as I said earlier, is, you know, what's the total impact, the total footprint, and what can you do to both in some way in, um, in, um, create uh, benefits, real meaningful ben- benefits that uh, that that uh, provide either improve people's hygiene in our case because that's one of one of the, the areas that we're focused on, or improve people's health and well-being, um, or address you know major societal needs. Because one of the brands you didn't mention is Durex, which is another brand that we happen mm-hmm. to own, and things like sexual health and sexual well-being is another big focus area for us. So everything we do is looking at how we can make a positive contribution, a positive societal contribution and impact. But at the same time, you you also want to address 
some of these other key considerations like the impact of carbon through the life cycle of the brand or the impact of waste on the uh, on the environment or you're looking at things like um the uh, the uh, the impact that you have of water intensity through the life cycle and so everything we we've done is to build um, a capability within the business to try and understand those impacts and then integrate that into the innovation pipeline that we have, the brand strategies that we have, because the only way you're really going to do this is if it's all embedded into your day-to-day business operations, and that's essentially what we're doing. At the same time, we've acknowledged is that increasingly – uh, our consumers want brands to do this and, and reward brands that do this well. And so we absolutely believe that uh, if we want to grow and be a successful company, um, key to doing that is, <laughs> is to do more of uh, everything I've just said. It's, it's all about integrating our sustainability and purpose into all of our brands and our brand strategies. And we think that's going to be the driver of our long-term growth ambitions. I think you're right, because I think you're speaking exactly to what the 21st century consumer needs, but also wants. I mean, I think you're speaking to a desire that most people have. You know, we're, we're trying not to um, become the kind of consumers that lay waste to our society. We want to be able to go to our favorite places to buy brands and products that we need to, to live our lives and, and feel like we're contributing something good because the brands that we patronize are trying to do something good. One of the things I love the most about RB's sustainability strategy is that it goes beyond what most people think of as of sustainable operations. We think about the products, we think about the operations, but sustainability is also about people. And you have this tremendous focus on people. And there's a section in your sustainability website that talks about people communities and 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 there are different strategies around health and safety social impact investment human rights gender pay talk to us about that component of your sustainability strategy yes of course happy to i think as uh, as we've talked about obviously one element of our of an imp- of our impact is the impact we have on the planet and the environment the other one of course is the is the impact we have on people and society uh, and the local communities of which we're part. So, you, you, you know, sustainability is, a, when you talk about sustainability, it's, it's a three-legged stool, not a one- or two-legged stool. And so you're always talking about the interlinkage between the economic uh, benefits that you bring um, and the, the social impact that you have and the environmental uh, impacts that you have. And these things are always in concert and they're essentially what, uh, you know, there's a lot of integration and, inter- and synergies between all three because, um, you know, climate change can have a significant impact on people's health and well-being. It can impact on, uh, on uh, people's quality of life, but it also has economic impact. So all these things are integrated, okay? So you can't ever really split them apart. And that means, of course, when we look at our strategy, we, we have a big focus, obviously, on our social impacts. And that, in the same way that I talked about the environmental impacts that you have, you have to look at all the way through your value chain. And also, you know, very importantly, I think, in, in any company, your people are your strongest asset, and they're also your biggest ambassadors. So it's really important that uh, when people work for you and work with you, uh, you know, that, that there's a strong sense 
that you really uh, can best represent their interests and are there for them. Um, and that's probably been most marked in the last few uh, months um, with COVID and COVID-19, where, you know, at the front of all of that um, was putting our people first and, and indeed trying to safeguard the interests of our consumers at the same time. And if I look at the, uh, the approach we're taking, you know, you look at the social impacts and you break that down into to different component parts. So it's everything from you know, diversity and inclusion, uh, um, but not just in your own workforce, but right through your value chain, respect for human rights through your value chain. So every, that can be everything from the small farmers that might be producing uh, raw materials like latex that goes into your uh, into your Mm-hmm. Um, to um, the way that you uh, look through distribution. Um, you know, everything has to be kind of looked at through that lens. I love uh, that. And I love the way that, you know, and I'm sorry to interrupt, Miguel, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but I think what's so great about, yeah, what's so great about what you're speaking of is that you quantify it. And that's another reason why I want to get our listeners out on your website, because um, you're not just talking about it. These are not just platitudes. They're reports and quantifications to all of these things, the way you measure it. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. So don't go away, folks. We have much more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Miguel Vega Pistana, who is the Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs and Sustainability for RB. They're a company that makes some very familiar consumer brands like Lysol, Mucinex, so many others. You've got to get out on their website, rb.com. And while you're at it, just go ahead and go to rb.com slash sustainability. And that's where you will find a very comprehensive strategy to make their company, to make their brands, and to make the world a more sustainable place. Miguel, I know a lot of consumer brand companies here in the U.S. Um, that do not know anything about the local water and waste systems in which they operate, let alone the water and waste systems in place where consumers use their products. And so as a result of that, those companies cannot say with confidence that they're creating sustainable solutions for their customers. And I would love for you to tell us more about who RB works with, some of the experts that you collaborate with in order to move your products and your packaging toward a more sustainable solution. Okay, well, happy again to uh, to do that. Look, I, I, I first thing to say is, um, you know, when you talk about this resource like water, what we know is that there are going to be increasingly different parts of the world where we're going to be under significant water stress. And that's not just true of, uh, of people who, uh, you know, drink water, uh, you know, you want your tap to switch on every and, and, and fresh water to pour out of it. We already know that there are some parts of the world, if you live in India, for example, in, in, in Mumbai, um, you know, it's quite normal for your for your water to go off uh, in the morning and, and for it to be off for, you know, six or seven hours of every day um, because people are already experiencing a lot of water shortages. And in, 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 in some cases, we, we know that that's going to only get worse. We also know that um, that's true for us too. So we, we, we have 
factories and we use water as part of our production and and a number of those sites and factories that we own are increasingly in similarly water scarce areas so it's in our interest to figure out ways that we can partner with local communities um, to find solutions for how we're going to improve not just the way we manage up the the water in our own facility but the broader catchment area because it's all about how others use water not just how you use water and as I've said, you know, Finnish is a great example of a brand that has decided that this is something that it's really core to its purpose. Because we know that if a consumer turns a tap on and rinses their dishes, um, they can be using 100 litres of water to do that. Whereas if they place them into a, a, a loaded dishwasher and they, uh, you know, they, they will be using a sort of six to eight litres of, of water because the water is recycled within the dishwasher. So you can make a tremendous impact on how much water is used um, in the home environment. And so this is how we, we look at it. Now, to do that, if we're, if we're talking about how do we connect to our consumers and tell that story, it's really important to partner. So what we've been doing around water is been collaborating with, for example, uh, starting to collaborate more with National Geographic, um, where we have, in the case of uh, when we launched our strategy in Turkey, National Geographic, one of our partners that did a documentary film that talked about water and the, the water scarcity challenges facing Turkey. And they were kind of the partner that spoke to the science in validation to the, to, to the story that we were telling. But we also then collaborated with other stakeholders. We reached out to a large number of stakeholders in government, in uh, NGO uh, communities, and trying to put this on their agenda at the same time. So everything we do is framed in how can we bring others on board? How can we collaborate with others? How can we get more people to tell that story and share that story? And that's also what we've been doing, obviously, digitally. Um, so when you, you know, when you go on our site, we want to encourage you to share some of this uh, information or within the local communities that you're part of. Because as you said at the outset of, uh, of your introductory remarks, so few people still understand that this is even an issue at all and, and don't always think um, before they just switch on the tap and leave it running. So true. It's so true. Now, I want to switch gears just a little bit because, um, you know, I'm always curious to see what um, individuals and organizations and companies do with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And mm-hmm. RV has really taken this on board, and I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit more about how you as a company are helping the world realize these very important goals. Sure, I'd be, I'd be happy to. Uh, as I said, um, you know, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, um, they kind of represent this giant to-do list for the world. There are 17 goals, um, but really the 17th one uh, is around partnership. But the other 16 are all um, centered on specific things that we need to take action on. And, you know, that's everything from things like hunger to climate change to protecting the marine environment and water resources to promoting good water and sanitation, um, to addressing, you know, uh, the needs of um, diverse communities. Um, there's, there's a range of these targets uh, that sit underneath each one of these 16, or um, 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 well, 17 goals, but 16 specific target, uh, targets are set within that framework. Every one of those is interdependent, and every one of those has targets that we're all trying to meet. And... What we're trying to do is internalize those. So look at what the 
identified mm-hmm. five of those um, specific UN goals where we think we, because of our footprint and the, our brands and the products that we, we sell, that we think we can have a kind of proportionate impact in, in finding ways to solve and meet some of Well, and I love that because one of the things you can see on your website is how you have linked various sustainability sustainable development goals to your various products and which which one of the sustainable development goals um, are most applicable to the sustainable uh, development goals that the UN has set forth. And I love that. Um, you know, I mentioned this before we went on break, but I really want to dig into this for just a couple of minutes because I think it's so important. You know, we've all seen companies that greenwash. We've all seen companies that talk a big game. But you have published on your website reports that show all of the aspects of your sustainability strategy. And actually, our listeners can check that out at rb.com slash sustainability slash policies dash and dash reports. And this is where you go into detail about how you measure and how you report on your efforts. And I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit more about that. Well, so as I said to you, you know, what we, you know, uh, we were talking a few seconds ago about the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And as I said at the outset, we have identified a number of goals, like uh, goal number six for clean water and sanitation, um, goal number five for, for gender equity, or uh, goal number three, which is all about good health and, uh, and well-being, um, goal number two around zero hunger. There are a number of these goals where we have then set ourselves ambitions in how we're going to support the, the, the way that we meet those targets and objectives. Again, um, each one of uh, our brands is looking to find ways that they can integrate this into their brand strategies. And one of the things that's key to that is creating the metrics and the, and the KPIs that can then demonstrate how and where we're, we're having an impact. So one way that we do that is through the, the reach of our brands. The other piece, as I said, is through the footprint of our company. So the actual um, footprint of all of our operations, all of the ways that we address things through the value chain. So we look right across the value chain and we then report against how we're doing on a set number of goals and targets that we've set ourselves. And we have, you know, a set of 2020 targets that we, uh, we committed to um, uh, about eight, to, uh, eight years ago. And then what we do is annually share how well we're doing and how well we're making progress against those targets. What I want to let you know and your listeners know is that we'll be announcing next year um, what we see as our 2030 ambitions. So what are going to be some of the critical goals and targets that we'll be setting ourselves as a company um, to deliver between now and 2030? And those goals and targets are all aligned to the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. I love that. That's so incredibly, um, it, it, it goes beyond just a, a strategy. I mean, it really goes to um, a, a purpose and a mission. And I respect that so much about RB's approach to sustainability under your leadership, Miguel. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, We're going to talk a little bit more about the idea of a sustainable supply chain, some of the things that it takes to get your suppliers on board with this vision, this purpose. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We've had some technical difficulties on my end. I'm uh, in the midst of some wildfires out here in California, so our Wi-Fi has been a little bit crazy this morning. So thank you so much for being patient with us. Now, if you've just tuned in, I want to let you know that I cannot help but fangirl a little bit about the company that we're talking about. RB.com and their sustainability efforts have really blown my mind. And if I wasn't already loyal to brands like Lysol and Mucinex and so many of the other brands that you can find at rb.com. I would be now because they are putting into practice so many of the things that we've been talking about here on Go Green Radio since 2008. Um, Companies really making a shift towards a sustainable future. And, And the man behind so much of what RB is doing in the sustainability sector is our guest today, their Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs and and sustainability, Miguel Vega Pastana, and we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, Miguel, you know, you guys are doing a lot to get your supply chain on board. You've got a lot of information on your website, and I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit more about what it takes to get your suppliers to operate in alignment with your values. Well, thank you again, Joe. <laughs> I, um, it's very, oh, it's always nice to hear uh, some some kind words about about what we do and what we're trying to do here at uh, at RB. But I have to say, I, I I can't take full credit for everything that we're doing in the uh, in the area of sustainability because so much of it is about how we as a as a business embed everything we do, um, everything we're trying to do into every aspect of our business operation. So it's really down to my colleagues. Um, as much as anyone um, for the progress that we're we're making. Look, uh, supply chains. I mean, when you look at sustainable supply chains, um, one of the uh, the issues, of course, is you know, first thing you need to know is is understand the footprint of your supply chain. So mm-hmm. you have to really know um, and start by understanding where you source your materials from. Um, now, ingredients in going into our brands, there, there are some of those which um, are agricultural. Um, um, and, you know, that's everything, as I said, I mentioned earlier that we, we buy latex, uh, you know, which goes into the making of condoms or, uh, you know, we buy dairy uh, milks to, uh, to make uh, infant formula. So there are a number of 
agricultural raw materials that we, we source. The other thing, of course, is that we have other ingredients that are things like fragrances uh, or they can be um, uh, uh, ingredients that we use from you know, man-made materials and so on. And then, of course, we've got all the other things that we buy, like cardboard and packaging and, uh, and plastic and so on that go into the, 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 not into the product, but actually package the product and then allow us to distribute it. So when you look at this, it's quite complex. And so you have to look at every brand and you also have to look at really understanding what your footprint is. Um, now, quite often, you will have the first line of sight would be in your upstream. So you'll know that there'll be somebody who supplies you, but then the challenge is to understand who supplies them and then how far down that chain can you go and really what are your obligations um, and how can you exercise those obligations. So it always starts with making sure that you're doing the right thing by your frontline suppliers, making sure that they understand what it is that you hold important and, and you communicate that very clearly to them, but also asking questions of them about what it is that they're doing to like also ensure that that's the case with the suppliers that they buy from and source from. So it's, it's a chain, if you like, that happens and we have an obligation to really try and, and integrate that all the way down, as far down as we can. And sometimes that's difficult to do, uh, particularly when you're dealing with very small um, producers or, or, or suppliers. And the, the other piece of the jigsaw then is, you know, we can literally be buying and sourcing thousands of different materials. And, and it's always important then to understand where the biggest impacts or where the biggest risks are. So that's the other thing that we often will do is, is try and understand, well, listen, if we were really gonna take action on, on one or two of these areas, we could have a huge impact, um, whereas some of these other issues, perhaps we, you know, we will work with others or we will rely on some partners to address those issues with us and for us. So you have to be choiceful. You have to um, understand the, uh, the footprint and then focus and target where you can to make big impacts. I guess mm -hmm. it, it is also um, increasingly going to be about helping people because I think our consumers increasingly want to know where are the things that going into their products and brands coming from? Where, how are they produced? Under what conditions are they produced? Where are these things coming from? And there's a heightened um, degree of interest and heightened degree of transparency that increasingly we will have to have. So when you look at um, what we're trying to achieve, it's also being able to tell that story and share that story with our consumers and other stakeholders. So you have to be able to track, monitor, measure, and be able to share that with a wider group. So it's, it's not just about having internal protocols and, and, and systems in place. It's really being able to then apply that and share that because people out there care. They want to know more and they want to make sure that you're doing the right thing as a company through your value chain. Well, and, and I really appreciate that more than I can express, Miguel, because it, it simply isn't the case. Um, your um, transparency and level of concern with these issues, uh, whether RB, I'm sure as a 200-year-old company, you have a good sense of your competition, but um, this level of, of measuring and managing what you measure is not is not present in all companies, uh, particularly consumer brand companies, where um, it's difficult to find out 
you know, the source of all the materials that go into the packaging and the products. So I'm very excited um, that you're even trying to do that. <laughs> I think that's well, tremendous. Well, Jill, I actually, on that one, I'm, that one, you and I may not completely agree. I actually think that there is a lot of action that a number of companies in the consumer goods sector are doing, and not just consumer goods, but more broadly. I think increasingly this is seen both as a risk if you get it wrong, um, uh, but also uh, there's an understanding that this is important uh, to um, how you tell the story of of, of the, the company and, and how you demonstrate that you're acting as a good corporate citizen. So we certainly see a lot of collaboration amongst our peer group of companies. I don't think, I wouldn't say, if I, I, I can be very uh, open with you, I think we are probably uh, alongside our peers trying to do as much as we can, but we collaborate, collaborate a lot with our peer group companies, even down to something like, for example, if you have to do an audit of a supplier, it may be that we are buying from a particular supplier, but there may be five or six other companies that are part of you know, the same sector that might be buying from them as well. And it, it really doesn't make an awful lot of sense to have you know, five different companies trying to audit um, the practices of a particular supplier. So mm-hmm. collaborating, which is often is now the, is now the norm, whereby we kind of data share and we'll we'll be able to see what the the audit results of one of those suppliers was um, that might have been done by a, by a, 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 an will have been done by an independent third party, but for another supplier, is a way of reducing the burden on that supplier, so they don't yeah. feel like they have to constantly be uh, doing uh, audits of their performance. So actually, this is a place where partnership and collaboration is is pretty well uh, established. There's a lot more that we're trying to do, a lot more still to do. Um, but I, I think this is, again, back to my earlier message about we're only going to make progress in this space if, if we're collaborating and doing things at scale together. Well, I'm thrilled to have you disagree with me because that's good news. And so I, I accept that and embrace that. Um, I, think, I think that's fabulous. No, that's, that's good to hear. Um, but I, I still hold up, you know, what you're doing as a great example, a great role model um, of, of what could be achieved. You know, we're, we're reaching the final moments that we have left in the show. And we have listeners that are uh, academics, listeners who are in government, listeners who are college students students and high school students. Um, in the final minute that we have left in the show, what final thoughts would you like to leave with our listeners? Wow, that's a big opportunity for a very important audience. Um, look, I think the first thing to, to acknowledge is that the world is facing you know, tremendous um, uncertainty at the moment. We also know that we're faced with a lot of challenges. But we believe that you know, there is a critical role that business can play um, in helping to meet those challenges, and that it really does take um, um, action embedding these strategic goals and ambitions into corporate strategies. That's the only way that we're going to make progress. But to, to achieve all of this, um, it goes to the point I said, we can really, really only do things at scale if we find ways of collaborating. So either that means collaborating with our governments or collaborating with our, our peers or collaborating with science and academia, um, because much of the uh, many of the solutions, many of the innovations sit with academia and uh, and the science platforms are really important uh, mm-hmm. drivers of innovation. So we can only achieve things 
by working in concert. So my most important message, I guess, to, to, to share is we think of, of creating kind of ecosystems. Um, the only way that we're going to kind of figure this out, these big systemic challenges that we, we see um, confronting us, is by working in new forms of, of a kind of collaborative ecosystem. If we do it, then I have a lot of optimism that we can make progress and we can really achieve meaningful uh, and accelerated change. Because um, if we don't do that now, uh, the problem only gets worse, and uh, and and you know we 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 do not want to go into a world, for example, where you know uh, we're living in a world that's above three to four degrees C, for example. That's not going to be a world that we want our children to grow up in. So it's incumbent upon us, um, both as individuals but also as as business leaders, to try and and be part of the solution. Miguel, that was a great message and so inspirational. And I, I'm so thankful to you for joining us while you're on vacation, uh, while you're you know, supposed to be off work on a Friday night in your time. Thank you so much for joining us and for enlightening our listeners on what you're doing to truly be authentic in corporate responsibility and sustainability. Uh, everybody check out rb.com slash sustainability to learn more. But Miguel, thank you so much for joining us. And thank Thank you to our listeners for joining us as well. Um, we'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.